Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Howdy and welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Howdy Week it here. It is Howdy Week. In College Station. Four gigging week. You know, if you're an old army like the rest of us. Uh, I am your co-host, Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. Uh, this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015. And, well, for the really old army folks, it was just get your ass back to school week. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> move, move in was this last weekend. Um, thank goodness I was not really around for that. Uh, we were up in Palestine Saturday, so the big move in, I missed the majority of that. It's, I tell you, it's, I mean, it's, it's a circus. That's all there is to it. You know, and it's, I, and you love seeing all the comments for all the people that live around, like actually live around here. Cause they crack me up. Cause I'm, you know, I'm part of that group. I live here. I, yeah, you know, I work we're here. townies at this point. Yes. Yes. I sure. I'm a townie. I don't know. Well, no, I won't ever admit to that. Or but socialite. Um, yeah, there, that, that's yeah, the, the, I'm a, the I'm more politically socialite. Politically um, correct term. Yeah, but these people talk about, you know, it's not necessary for you and your seven family members to all go to Walmart for this trip. <laughs> right. Oh, but you know that and Target and you know wherever else. And for the love of God, guys, H E B, we get it. We know it. We love mm. it. But for just chill out, just space it out. It's all good and handy. Well, yeah, but let's let's be honest. A lot of these college kids, you know, when they're when they come up, they were coming up with their parents. Uh, you know, these folks are are taking their kids to H-E-B or to Kroger mm-hmm. and they're stocking up their fridge. And that's the last time that fridge will be stocked until the next time they move in. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> not wrong. I mean, how often do you see people just out here loading up on those pizza rolls and whatever We else? are We are still in the, man, I'm going to cook every night and it's going to be able to eat healthy and it's going to be so great. So You're so full of shit. We're st- yeah, we are still in the delusional phase um, yeah. for, for, for kids coming to college for the first time or, or even your know, kids returning. You know, they're like, all right, well, I'm going to do better than, than last last year and um well <laughs> but, I, you know I, I i i'm rooting for you i hope it works out well but but reality and experience will state that the majority of those fridges will only be stocked full of beer and and hard seltzers for the next yeah, more and, but i will say i'm very happy to see that all the kids are back and yes. speaking of beer you know good old yingling you know now we can go get some of that uh, and throw it in our fridges which is ready to rock and roll i'm excited about that yeah uh, whatever yingling's just such a whatever beer to me it's it's i it's, love the porter though have you had the it's, porter it's like yingling is like shiner in the sense that it's it like it made such a big name regionally and you know then was able to spread so it's you know it's a pennsylvania beer and you know and, right. and you know the northeast it's obviously been up there and i've i've this probably an unpopular opinion but i think yingling is absolutely nothing special Let's see. I think it's decent beer. One thing, I mean, I really enjoyed the porter when I had it. Uh, my dad made it a point to let me know, you need to grab some and take it back with you because uh, it hasn't quite made its way to New Mexico yet. So uh, I'll, I'll take some of that back with me. Has not expanded westward past no, it, Texas. It, nope. Um, so that's, yeah, that's Yeah, Yingling funny. showing up in Texas is, that's like telling me that the Pope was in Paris. Like, I don't care. Let's sure. Well, at least, well, at least this one's a little bit more regional, man. At least you know it's. It will affect me the exact same. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, no, it's it's about that time of year. You know, kids are back in town. It's warm outside, but you got that that feeling of you know football in the air. But we're not quite there yet. We're, we're, not, yeah. we're well, we're not. We're definitely not quite there on the podcast. Um, but you know, this coming weekend is. Is, it opens up, so starting this Saturday, we won't have another Saturday without football until next year. 
right or you know or another weekend without it so so I, obviously i'm excited but you know at the same time you and i are both premier league fans so uh, you know we've been going for a couple of weeks now yeah and this and, is this is our time of year yeah absolutely and i, I always think it's so funny like the the argument that that a lot of americans like to put up as far as watching premier league or bundesliga or what you know any any uh, any league um they're like no i I've, i i watch american football well i watch both like, yeah, turns out you can be a fan of both. Who would have guessed, guys? Who would have guessed that you can enjoy two sports like, at the same time? It's like this weird, like, drawing a line in the sand for no reason. Because the nice thing is, on the weekends, instead of watching college game day, which I don't watch much of anymore. Um, sure. If I watch anything, I watch the SEC morning thing. I, but I don't care for Bear. And honestly, Herb Street is just kind of a waste of air. I, I love time. Lee Corso, but that, I mean, he, he needs to. He's tired. Hang it up. He He's tired. Up. <laughs> yeah, so I'll watch the SEC one every once in a while, but Premier League's on in the morning. You know, the matches start at like 7 in the morning. Um, 6 in the morning. Yeah, 6. Yeah, 6 in the morning. Premier League live starts super early. Oh, so yeah. So I can watch all that stuff and still watch all the college football I really want to. Sure. So this is like, if you're a Premier League fan as well, this is the time of the year for you. Oh, yeah. Because literally you can wake up on Saturday and pretty much check out of the world for two days. It's a beautiful you know, between thing. college football and if you watch NFL, you know all the way, you know all the way through Sunday night, so you can just totally veg out. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm obviously excited because West Ham is at the top of the Premier League. Granted, we're two matches in. <clears> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I expect that to change quick. But you know, in the meantime, I'm going to soak it up and, and and laugh at Arsenal. So, well, well, yeah. Well, you got five teams right now. So just you know, kind of jumping in on Premier League since we're here. I mean, you got five teams that are sitting here undefeated through the course of the start of the mat, uh, the start of the season. Got West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Brighton, Hove Albion, and and Tottenham are all undefeated. Now, Tottenham was kind of a shock to me considering they opened the uh, the season with uh, City and beat them. Yes. Um, But other than that, I mean, West Ham being solid with the schedule they've had, they've been on it. Chelsea was expected to be solid, Liverpool as well. Brighton being up where they're at, that's pretty surprising. But overall, I mean, it's been a very interesting Start it's only the two year. weeks. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of when college football kicks up because you have a lot of the non-conference stuff going on. Right. Obviously, it's not the same in Premier League. There are no divisions or anything. You just, you play, just, play, everybody you just play everybody twice. Yep. But, um, but, you know, in the first couple of weeks of college football, it can – it, it can be so exciting because the upsets that you see occur mm-hmm. or or on the flip side, just complete, like, shattering beatdowns. Mm-hmm. And, and both of them give huge narratives, you know, because these non-conference big-time matchups are, are made to to be competitive in theory. I love, so, I love that we're kicking off the season. We're two weeks in, and Arsenal, who's one of the quote-unquote big six, they're in is, the relegation is already zone. in relegation yeah. zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, They'll get out of it. But yeah, I, I commented somewhere. I was like, you know, i got to be honest. I, I think there's a lot of football fans that would be totally fine with shutting it down right now with these standings that we have just to see Arsenal get relegated. Well, yeah, <laughs> well I, don't, I don't blame it because Arsenal's kind of, you know, one of those – Long-standing teams it's that's a, got good history. It's but. so weird. They're such a storied, storied club, and that oof. that would be like uh, trying to think of a really good example. Like a ton of ton of hardware in the past, um, and have still been good, but sure. maybe not quite at championship level. It'd be yeah. like I don't know, like Georgia opening up their season with two losses. Yeah, you know, I think Georgia's a good example of that. Yeah. I, I think it's always interesting to like, hey, we make our American comparisons to what we've got mm-hmm. across the pot. You know, and I talk to friends, and I think you see a lot of Tottenham fans in and in Texas, and primarily here in College Station, Houston area, 
that are A&M crossed with Tottenham because there's a lot of similarities there too. You got two programs that have solid fan bases that have invested a lot of money in facilities but don't have trophies in the case, which, you know, I happens, it's fine. But, you know, dedicated see, fan base and there's a lot of <laughs> I, I, a lot see, of costs over there. See, I, I and I hear this comparison all the time about Tottenham and A&M and I'm just like I compare Tottenham to Texas. Two reasons. One, because I'm a West Ham fan. Okay. Two, two um, because what an entitled group fan base, though. A Tottenham fan base Have is, you been talking to Aggies lately? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you have to realize that even when they were complete, like, in the dumps, uh-huh. Tottenham, they just expect to win. They expect to be top four. We don't expect to be. We've, we've, yeah. we've built to this point. Tottenham, every year, they expect that they... Fan, a Tottenham fan will be like, you know, the spuds will say, well, we're obviously going to finish top four. Why? Because wow. you're Tottenham? Because that's not a reason enough. Well, and yet you still got plenty of Aggies that do the same thing that expect us to be like top two or three in the West every year. Hey, we're supposed to be competing for national titles every year. Even though that wasn't an expect, yeah, that wasn't a realistic expectation. But regardless of that, right, but but we but the thing is, ours has to do a trajectory right now. Like the expectations sure. heading into this season for A and M, I think sure. for the most part are completely fair and reasonable. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm, that, that's that's not a comparison with Tom at all. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, it's just whatever. I'm not going to talk about Tom. I'm not going to waste my oxygen talking about Tom. That's, that's fair. Um, so, uh, but man, I'm excited. And next week we're gonna get we're gonna get into the season. Oh, All right, sure. so so we'll do our preview and we'll do some picks. Um, I'm excited. You know, the first weekend that is the one catch. Like, there's not a ton of games. You know, it's, it's we don't have a full slate this weekend. Hey, hey, my Aggies from uh, New Mexico State are playing UTEP. Let's go. Well, what's cool is because <laughs> there's not a full slate, you'll be able to see a lot of games and a lot of schools that normally wouldn't find their way into those TV slots. So right. be able to watch some, some college football that you normally wouldn't be able to get into. But I think a lot of that's just people so desperately wanting football. They're ready to just, like, jump in. It's a, especially that first week. We're just all going to be excited to watch some kind of football. No, oh, no, absolutely. Well, everybody's excited, and especially if you're here in Aggieland or, you know, maybe even down in Houston where there's a ton of Aggies. There's a, a different um, – uh, tenor of, of 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 fervor with you know the the optimistic kind of look at this season and yeah. and, and we'll definitely jump and rightfully so mm-hmm. we'll so uh, jump so one thing i want to talk about and um we didn't do a podcast last week because i was irate um mm-hmm. and we're not going to talk and again remember we don't do politics here all right um but i was irate and i just really didn't feel like talking about it because the whole thing with afghanistan kicked off right right and um and it, I was, it, so much goes into that because, you know, friends, you know, one, you're thinking about, you know, all these veterans that are wondering what, what was worth it. Did we waste our time? Mm-hmm. So there's a mental health aspect to this. So, um, but, you know, as I thought about it, it, there there's an interesting concept behind this. It, and it's not, this has nothing to do with, uh, with politics whatsoever. Sure. But what I saw is something that is very indicative of, of kind of the, the bigger picture. And it's. It's a combination of um, wanting to blame people mm-hmm. uh, and deflecting blame at all cost. Right. Like outside of outside of the realm of reason, defect, deflecting blame. And here's and, and and I thought and I think the accountability portion is so important because you have to hold people's feet to the fire when they make mistakes, and that doesn't run down party lines. That's not a political thing. This Never. this was a twenty year uh, you know thing. It, it's, it was a twenty year war, and so there's plenty of people that you can go back and, and and point fingers at, and it's got nothing to do with politics. But I think we at least owe it to the veterans you know to show accountability because I'll tell you what. 
you know, if, if a soldier goes out and gets like a DUI, you know, or, or in Colleen, mm-hmm. they're going to nail him to the wall for that. Sure. And, but when you see higher ranking officials go out and do the same thing, it's that kind of sweep under the rug thing. Right. And so it was a big thing on accountability. And, and I kind of wanted to morph it into just, um, accountability as uh, you know sports fans within sports mm-hmm. and it's and i think it's owed you see a lot more accountability in sports coaches get fired mm-hmm. you know it, it, the the press will hold people's feet to the fire when they ask them questions and so i just kind of got to, to thinking about you know just how we view well it's not even that it's excuse me it's the deflection of that blame that i was talking about mm-hmm. is where you're operating in that realm outside of reason and it and it led me directly to fan bases sure you know where you you can't see the mis- well you see the mistakes but you just refuse to admit to them within the program or the problems within your program sure. and and it's it's like this it's a it's a blind loyalty and we're all guilty of it you know from time to time with our sports teams because we love them so much we're like yeah well no that's not happening I, you know they're not here you know that's not an issue for us um but i i thought it was so weird and we you know we're at the point right now where we demand more accountability from our sports coaches than we do from from ranking officials who make important decisions well and i think a lot of that you go back and right now you just look at what's closer to home versus what's away right Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's a big factor for a lot of people i mean especially when we talk like a sports team local sports team let's just take a quick example you know that is very close to home let's look at what happened with you know our buzz you know buzz got pinged for you know two games for just the absolute silliest thing but you know like i said it was a violation he's getting punished for it sure fair enough rules are rules uh it's the selective enforcement of said rules because we've seen um, what's going on at lsu the fbi has tapes on lsu yes and they're (laughs) crickets crickets from the program but that that's not the point the point was you know we see a local example of this and everybody's focused in on well, what's going on with this football program? What's going on with your football program 90 miles away on the 40 acres? Mm-hmm. You know, we're worried about everybody else. And yet across the pond, we've been dealing with so many issues over there. And the accountability that is over the top there is just not there. We as a population, maybe it's just because it's not as close to home for us. Maybe we just don't care as much. I don't know what the story is about that. But it just seems like the majority of us don't really give a damn and it reflects, unfortunately, in a negative light for our veterans and people that have had to sacrifice, I mean, literally life and limb over yep. there against a very determined people. Yeah, it's, um, it's there's, you know, when you start talking about that, there are so many different uh, kind of aspects that, that fall out, really. Sure. You know, there's different levels and there's different types of it. And, you know, you know, and, you hit the 20 year mark. I mean, so a lot of people don't care because it's at that point, it becomes just kind of this, you know, the buzz in the background, you know, it's the white noise and you just, you know, the American public, it doesn't, they got sick of updates. They don't care. And, and, and that's, you know, that is what it is. You know, you're going to find something, you know, in life that, that you're passionate about. And if it's not, you know, geopolitical structure and foreign policy, then right on. Because foreign policy is a pain in the butt to keep up with. It is. Uh, but some people love it. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, either, you know, there's an apathy towards it that 
where you see uh, the the gap in, in kind of in caring is you know the people that were directly like you know the veterans that were boots on the ground sure uh you know the families and other military members who uh, you know who, who interact and deal with these veterans on a daily basis and and kind of monitor them and so it's 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 a tough situation and my biggest thing and i'm not in any position to to make policy obviously um but there's just got to be accountability you know sure. and and what scares me is we're talking about a week ago mm-hmm. and it's already kind of falling off the radar so yeah. it, so pe- it's people don't pe- people aren't outraged um, by the actual situation because they read and learned about it people just love the outrage people just love to be outraged well and and you see great examples of that in the world and just media in general and once again this is not a political podcast by any means and we continue to stress that but i mean you see it every day when it has come to the media it just feels like every time something else comes along we have to redirect our rage elsewhere so currently Mm -hmm. you know the rage last week was you know what's going on in afghanistan Mm -hmm. this week it has readjusted to rising covid numbers and and lack of uh, enforcement in certain states, then it will turn into... Well, it's already turned into a possibly new COVID-22. Right, you know, it, it's turned into new COVID-22 with what you saw with Fauci. And then, you know, whenever something else comes along, it's going to turn into a gun control thing because there was another shooting somewhere, which... Have we heard about any shootings lately? Yeah. You well, know? it's... And we haven't because it's not what's big on the cycle right now. I, I think if, if I had to pick probably one of the biggest detriments to to the level of accessibility to information mm-hmm. is that people d- don't access it to be informed sure. uh, so you know attention spans have turned into fruit flies and so you know i'm upset about this but if you dangle something shiny here it's like a puppy sure. you, know, you dangle some shiny here well then the dog wants Ooh, to play with that and that. then <laughs> turn around and like oh hey look at this i just bought you this toy and so it's it's an inability to stay focused and actually learn things and learn from us just like a puppy you know yeah. <laughs> um and, and i think it it, it just it, it gives it exacerbates the ability to be outraged mm-hmm. and and you don't and you don't really have to stick to, to any guns and you don't really have to uh, be well informed no. you know and and that's why when you saw Twitter doing the have you if you retweet an article have you read this article before you retweet it you know they do oh, those checks yeah that check does nothing people are still gonna retweet stuff and they're still gonna form whatever narrative they they think they want to form so it's it's just this it's this temporary outrage that you know every every week it's something new and, and I think and yet, and it's always down it, it's crazy to me how it always seems to find its way down the political lines on one hot side or the other that's the craziest part to me it either leans left or it leans right you can make anything political depending on the angle at which you're looking it's at it's absolutely insane and so, you know, as many of us that like to sit in the middle, it's just crazy to sit here and look at how polarized everything has become in this world. Um, you know, you see LSU come out here and make an announcement today that they're going to start requiring that you have either a vaccine or you've had 72 or the hours. Test, yep. Yeah, or 72 Within hours 72 hours, negative, yep. yeah, a negative test. Meanwhile, Georgia, on the other side of the coin, has said we're not going to do anything. And now the argument becomes who's morally correct. And, you know, it's going to go, well, is LSU in the right? Is Georgia in the right? Is A&M in the right? Is whoever going to be in the right whenever this whole thing falls apart? 
and all the while we're having to see, you know, the schools having to decide how to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know, because let's face it, kids trying to learn from school e-learning just from the limited experience I've had with my teacher friends, they absolutely hate it. But at the same time, is it necessary with the way that kids tend to spread disease? It's just what's what happens. No, yeah, well, uh, you know, I always joked about it even when my daughter was little. They're like little germ factories. Yeah, you know, like there's a girl of you know that I've been talking with for a while. She lives in Indiana. She's a teacher, and one of the things that she's having to deal with currently is a parent sent a child who had a hundred and two degree favor to school. And, you know, they're not sure if it was COVID or not, but if it turns out the kid did have it, that entire class is quarantined and they have to go home and do e-learning, yep. which she's not ready to do and doesn't want to do. Well, and and I'm going to steer this back around. Yeah. That's a lack of accountability on the parents' part. Oh, 100% it is. And so yet again, there's an accountability issue. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, this level of accountability. And I think we as individuals in the world that we live in now, just own up to your mistakes, admit to what you have done wrong, and see what you can do to make things right. Um, And, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, especially with Afghanistan, people died. A lot of people died. A lot of people are still stuck there. And so it's just the accountability of owning up to the mistakes and doing what you can do to be able to rectify and get these people home. Yeah, well, everybody wants to yell with a political tone. You know, they sure. want they want to write their message in either red ink or blue ink. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, if it's twenty years, it's gone over four separate administrations. It's yeah, gone both it's, red it's, and it's, blue. It's, yeah, it's gone. It's gone <laughs> well well past being on party lines. Oh, yeah. And nothing nothing outside of politics should be party lines. So you know your uh, your intelligence agencies, um, your your DOD chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know these. You're not allowed for politics. Really, can't be allowed within that within those realms. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is a lot of f ups from a lot of people for a lot of years. And this is one of those things where nobody's got clean hands. So yeah. you know what, what's the old saying? I love using it. You know, there's three things you do when you make a mistake: you admit to it, you learn from it, and you don't repeat it. Right. Well, right now, like we haven't even admitted to it. And that's, I think that's where my biggest problem is. Like, just, look, just come out and say, like, man, we effed up, and this is what we're trying to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. it the, you'd be surprised. Well, I, I think they'd be wildly surprised that how well Americans will accept just the truth and a little humility. Well, because let's face the world that we live in now. The world as we know it, everybody knows with the accessible amount of information that we have been granted thanks to the Internet thanks to uh, you know independent journalism we have unlimited access to information mm-hmm. so we can sit here and have you know our little director of communications at the White House tell us what's going on but we all know that what's going on is well past what's being fed to us even though people love to you know retweet it and push it out we have the ability to watch this learn from it and make our own decision and reality we most of us know what's going on in the world around us i mean i, I won't say most of us but a lot of us do and we have come to the conclusion that man this was a colossal mess up yes. and you know at this point just saying any kind of y'all we done goofed we got to fix this thing and, you know, I love the statement, like, you know, working with and collaborating with the Taliban. And I'm just sitting there. That just irks. Hey, well, but it's part of what it is. That statement now. is stupid. Oh, um, yeah. But you never should have gotten to that point. So never. it's, 
yeah, I, I don't know. For, for me, it's just it's upsetting. Uh, but, but I tried to kind of turn it around or at least kind of steer steer that more towards sports. I didn't want to sit sure. here and talk about Afghanistan the whole time because I'm still pretty heated about it. And, and for um, good reason. But um, there, but I'll, I'll be honest, I, just what I think, there, a lot of people need to lose their jobs over this. Yeah. And and I'm not talking as politicians exclusively. Now, because yeah. I'm in the reserves, I'm not going to start naming names sure. <laughs> um, of who I think yeah, need, to, um, need um, to undergo some legitimate investigations. Uh, all opinions of the podcast are strictly our opinions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, please, please do not represent the uniform arrow. Yeah, they do not represent um, my uh, boss or his boss or anybody else's boss. Oh, so well, and well, on yeah. top of that, you, you're also talking about the intelligence agency. There's a there's a there's a lot of heads that need to roll, and that's all there is to it. For sure. Um, but so kind of turning that accountability towards um, programs and not uh, accountability um, necessarily when it comes to making violations. Sure. But I think it's almost like an accountability to your integrity as a fan. Yeah. Like sunshine pumpers are what they are, and I'm one of them, and I love it. Hey, you're talking to one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the negative Nancys out there that are always down on their programs, uh, yeah, that's a way to go through life. You know, if, if, if you wake up every morning and instead of wanting to be outraged, you just want to be miserable, like you can do it. You can and there's be, plenty of people we know yes, like that. Yeah, a lot of sad saps out there. But it's but I think I, I think what I've found is as as I've gotten older, it, what makes my life a, a lot easier is um, to try and be a little bit more realistic and, and honest about my sports teams. Sure. Because my look, my sports teams are tied directly to my emotional health. Right. I think that's a fair statement. And, it is fair. And I'm not I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm just saying that's how I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, but I've you know I've gotten a lot better over the years and it's um it, it's a lot easier when I'm realistic about um I don't manage my expectations I'm realistic about them. Well, and and to give you a great example of this, I would say over the last year or so when I've been you know when I found myself in a world where it wasn't really sports first, which for a long time for me it absolutely was. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been on my Twitter long enough, you folks know. I'm you know big Aggie baseball person, which you know we could go into detail with what Schlossnagel's doing. We're Holy we, crap! We will. Um, but to kind of give you an idea, you know I, I love my A and M sports. Um, you know I follow the Steelers. I follow a handful of other teams, obviously Liverpool. But at the end of the day, um, I have found that one of the things in my life that has kind of taken a bit of priority has been the music side because that not only has been uh, very good for me and good you know, good endorphins because I feel awesome when I get to play on stages, but it also gets me paid and it's, you know, it's, it's a livelihood thing, which is awesome. Um, the deal is with sports, um, you know, like this last baseball season, I kept up with the team. Sure. But I just, I just didn't feel the same level of investment and it was weird for me. Well, and that's, you know, and that's where it comes down to. There's a, uh, it's an emotional currency, but but it's not um, it's not like a salary. You know, you're not getting paid, but it's yeah. it's a, like you said, you kind of you nailed the word. It's an emotional investment. So you have this emotional currency, emotional currency that you invest in your teams, right? Sure. And so, you know, what's what's the you know bet big, win big, right? Yeah. So you you know your results will mirror what you put into it. Oh sure. You know. But you have to be careful about that. Yeah. You know, like if you'd invested the entire spring just die hard, you know, neck deep in Aggie baseball, you'd have been miserable oh, all I would, spring. I would have hated my entire life all spring. You'd have been absolutely miserable. <laughs> yeah. So by, you know, by, by taking some of that investment out, 
you know? I mean, it honestly came at the perfect time. You know, like, honestly, me picking up this gig of, you know, the shows I've been playing honestly came at a perfect time because all of what would have been negative energy towards Aggie baseball got replaced with positive energy of me playing at shows, which was a huge step up. Well, it's what you do. Like, yeah. you know, however scale you want to use, we'll just say, you know, as a human being, you have a hundred, you know, dollars worth of emotional currency. Sure. And you had... You know, you had 80 bucks in Aggie baseball, but this came along so you had to take, you know, 40, 50 bucks out of it and put that currency in. Because, you know, you, you know, we're not like the government. We can't just keep printing currency. No. So, so, there, so, but you have to take it out of one thing and put it into another. And, and it's awesome that it came along at the right time for you. Like that, that couldn't have been time better with a crappy baseball season. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, you know, it's in, not that I'm in, laughing about it inside. I'm crying about the but, season. But, but the thing is, like, you know, like the last like real game I had a chance to go watch was that Texas game. So I left Aggie baseball on a endorphin high. It was mm-hmm. awesome. I just I missed the SEC play, which you know, based on how the season went, was probably the good move. But you know, now now we look back and you know, looking back at that now moving forward as we get into football and soccer and you know my upcoming you know schedule which is absolutely loaded it's just there's so many good positive things coming up in my life right now and you know football at the end of the day you know, you talk about the realistic expectations mm-hmm. and i think we you know I, we will absolutely get into our predictions next week yes which you know so i will not spoil that but let me just say my realistic expectations are going to be pretty well set in, in reality. They actually will be for once. Um, but the nice, but the crazy part is in the moment, and you can attest to this, and I can attest to this. We've all been on Twitter when it happens. But in the game, like whatever our expectations were ahead of time, you know, level-headed expectations. The once the whistle blows, the, once the whistle blows, the the play-to-play instances, we go off on mm-hmm. every little thing. Why the hell did so and so hold? Why yep. is why is Lee, Lee, uh, you know Leon O'Neill popping off to the referee? Why is so and so doing this? Why is so and so doing that? And I, we've seen these conversations happen on the mm-hmm. internet, but at the end of the day, when the score is exactly what we predicted at the beginning of the game, we go back and say that's exactly how we expected it to be. Why? Because we are fans. We're fanatics for a reason. Yeah, all I can think of, like, I'm just sitting here listening to you going, yeah, yeah, I can think about about 700 different sporting events that I've done that probably in the last two years. And uh, two two years ago when West Ham was battling relegation. Right. And, you know, you're going in, like, last five, six weeks of the season, you're staring down having to play City and, like, Liverpool and United. Rough ending. And you're like, okay, realistic expectation in those three matches, if we could pull – Three points. If we could pull four, that'd be great. Right. But three points would at least keep us floating. And then you get into this match, and West Ham has all these injuries, and mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and City is rolling. And, you know, four minutes into the match, they give the ball away in midfield, and you hit the roof. Right. But, <laughs> but, but, but in the, because the deal is, we as individuals, we have that realistic expectation, but that positive – air at the top of our head that's like no we, you know it's like no you idiot we're gonna win this match you just watch what happens yeah and then there's that other dude on the other shoulder that's just the super pessimist right and the pessimist is the we one. knew this was gonna happen well, yeah like, i saw this coming well and the pessimist is the one that's always sitting on my shoulder especially when it comes to about aggie football right let's just go with week one right kent state 
I can sit there and say, shoot, look at our defense. Look at this running back stable. Look at all our healthy wide receivers. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. We're going to go down the field and score, and we're going to smash them on defense. But a little pessimist over here sitting there going, I don't know, Kent State was averaging 35 points a game, and they were pretty pretty salty, man. They may hang around for three and a half quarters. We better be careful. And that's the dude that's on this shoulder in the first game. You know, here in a couple of weeks, you know, and then the other week after that when we play Colorado, it's going to be the same deal. Oh, is the altitude going to get to us? I don't know. It's not at Kyle Field, so we're not feeling see, safe. See, if I've got, like, positive Pat on one shoulder and negative Nancy on the other, yeah. normally maybe about five to ten seconds before kickoff, positive Pat rolls over to the other shoulder and kicks negative Nancy in the nuts, and we just roll positive the whole game. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. I will say this, though. There is a difference for me personally, and I don't know if anybody else deals with this. My energy and that positive negative energy is vastly different from being in the stadium and not being there. Yeah. Because for me, when I'm in the stadium, like when we played Florida, right, I, w- I happened to be at the game. And at no point in that game did I actually feel like we were going to lose it, even when we were down two scores. I was sitting there going – Man, it just feels like this team is rolling something. Let's see what happens. Yeah, when you're when you're separated from it and watching on TV, you know, you don't have the positivity of your home crowd around right. you and Exactly. It's just you and your own negative thoughts that you have to fight. You don't have to let all your negative energy be expelled by others around you. Well, in, you know, if you really kind of break it down, this emotional currency that we invest, right? So right. let's say I invest you know, 30% of my emotional, you know, well-being currency into mm-hmm. Aggie football. Right. That means every game, you know, is what about 2% of that, right? Right. So what you end up doing is you you break it down. It turns into every play has emotional value. Oh yeah. It's, so and that and that's and that's where, you know, obviously the more fanatic you are and the and the more you know and watch the sport, it, the the worse it is, actually. Now that I'm talking out loud, yeah. the more you know about the sport, the the, the worse, worse it is. is. <laughs> the worse, yeah, God, ignorance really is bliss, isn't it? Because you can watch a play; it can be a positive play, but you're yeah. still taking negatives from it because your brain goes into overanalyzation. Well, yeah, you can sit there and say, "Well, so and so made the tackle," but man, there was a blown coverage yeah. over here. Had they looked, had they actually? I mean, yeah, we got a sack, but had we had been a little bit slower, they had burned us. Well, here's the deal: it didn't matter because we got the sack. You know, it's like everybody just, you know, it, the result of the play, the result of the game is all that really matters. So, you know, as we move just forward. Just living and dying play by but play. play by play and formation by formation and, you know, gig by gig, it doesn't matter. There's always, I can go back on my shows and I can tell you, like, the last five times I screwed up in a show and be like, man, had I just done this a little bit different. But guess what? I walk out in the crowd after a show and everybody says the exact same thing. Man, Y'all kicked ass. That was a great show. Y'all put on them, whatever. Well, see, it, well, and, and the, inside, I'm sitting there telling myself, "Yeah, but you could have done better." Well, see, that's yeah, that's and it's a great analogy because as a musician, when you're playing your own original stuff, mm-hmm. you're the only one that knows when you screw up. Well, yeah, you and your band, like everybody. I mean, nobody else does. Yeah, I mean, literally, we'll be sitting there talking. I mean, I say talking. We have a little talk back, Mike. But we speak with our eyes on stage because yeah. yeah, we're all playing. But you know, if so and so misses a note, you know, me, me and the drummer lock eyes, or you know, if we miss an entrance on a but on nobody a in the crowd knows. No, 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 exactly. None of them are carried. They're all just laid back and just drinking and having a good time. As a casual Aggie football player or football fan, sure. If you watch a play, we we're on offense and we get a first down. 
You're, ha- you're positive, right? You're happy. But it's like, man, we could have bust a 30-yard if, run if, there. If you're the wackaloon that goes, man, yeah. that backside collapse on the gap, you know, mm-hmm. on the B gap was kind of unacceptable. It could have had a cutback. could have had a bounce back. could have had 12 more yards. And it, it's hilarious because we love to have that knowledge. Yeah. But that knowledge, like, torments us as we watch these it, games. It all goes back to ignorance is bliss, man. We're getting all depressed now. You know, if, if we can sit back and just individually watch, just watch the game and enjoy the result. And, you know, at – at the end of the day, we win the game, everybody's happy. See, and that's and that's one of my problems. That's where we want is, to be. Is, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. That's one of my problems is – and I'll watch a game between two teams. I, I really just do not care who wins, right? Right. So, at that point, you figure I'm watching for the enjoyment of the sport that I love. Sure. No, I end up sitting there breaking down <laughs> stuff analytically, and I end up – subconsciously deciding I'm going to root for one team over the other. And it just, so I can't just sit and enjoy a game. I I just can't because if it's A&M, I'm emotionally invested. And if it's not A&M, I I can't just watch for the love of the sport because it turns into for the love of analyzing mistakes and positives. And and you find that one team that you like, right? In any game. And most of the time for me, it defaults to one of two factors. One, are they playing a team that I don't like? Yeah. And two, and more importantly, who's an underdog? Yeah. Because in almost any case, I will pull for a team that's playing against a team I don't like, and I will pull for an underdog. If you truly don't care about either one, it's really easy to root for the underdog because we love upsets, right? Yeah, everybody loves a good upset, man. You know, and it's always good, especially like, you know, speaking of English Premier League, let's just kick off with the first thing. That happened this year. Freaking Brentford, who hadn't played in the Premiership in how long? 76 years? 76 years. And they come out their first game and take down one of the quote-unquote big six and knock them off their perch immediately. You know? Arsenal gets smacked. Yeah, they. uh, it was actually a really cool story. So, you know, they haven't been in the Premier League, you know, in 74, 76 years, something like that. It's been a long time. And there was a guy in the stadium, because they played at Brentford, there was a guy in the stadium that had been – at their last Premier League match, and he was still alive, and he went to this one. I thought it was a really neat story, and uh, and they're the bees. Like, yeah, how the, great is that? The they're bee, the Brentford, the Brentford bees. bees. Yeah, up the bees, huh? Up the bees. So, yeah, I, t- uh, I told my daughter about the whole story about him, and just you know how you, you talk about God, seven decades fighting to get I mean, back in the Premier an League. Dog story that we could all appreciate. Well, yeah, now she wants a Brentford kid. So. Well, let's in you know let's go back 2015, right? Leicester. Who is a team that is not a top level club by any means? They had just recently gotten to the Premiership, and they turned around and won. After round and won the whole thing one year. That's right? pretty and Cinderella. And that and we, we love, yeah, we love underdogs. We love Cinderella stories. To Absolutely. One at the start of the year for them to win the title. Had I known, I'd throw some money on there. Right? Why not? So, but you know, it, we always love good underdogs. Speaking of good underdogs, this is something I wanted to touch on. We have both watched a TV show. In case y'all haven't been keeping up with pop culture. Or haven't seen my Twitter feed in the last three weeks. Exactly. (laughs) So, Ted Lasso Season 2 is out. We're about halfway through it now. and Yeah, just about. about Just about halfway through. And holy crap, I had not watched it. Like, I knew of Ted Lasso, and I knew it was a great concept for a show. I just recently realized that with my... Apple subscription that I did have it for free. Just binge it, man. So I watched the entirety of season one last week up through where we're currently at. And, you know, without too many spoilers, Jesus, what an incredibly well done show. It is. It's, it's hilarious. Um, it's, uh, it's, there's, there's, it, there's drama involved in it. 
Um, plenty of good emotion. What I didn't know is, and you know, because I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a bajillion years, mm-hmm. but so this was a character originally spawned by Jason Sudeikis when he was on Saturday Night Live. So this, the entire concept of a Premier League club, you know, football, right? Premier League football mm-hmm. hiring an American football coach to come over and coach. It's it's hilarious. Jason Sudeikis, the his sayings, and it's, he's just an absolute hoot. Uh, I I, lo- I absolutely love the show. We sat down and binged the entire season in a night. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to do. We They're only just, thirty minutes long. Yeah, we were just watching a couple episodes, rewatching a couple episodes last night. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, even if you're not into Premier League, it is a fantastic. It's a lot of f bombs, very British sure. uh, comedy. So I would I would say not for kids, especially for the first. I will give you probably the best analogy I can. Like, if you're going to compare it to any show media out there, it's very much the English footy version of Major League whenever it starts out. Uh, very similar concept is what you're getting yeah. out of it, you know. But obviously, it does deviate at points, but that's more or less a premise that I think is a safe way to go about it. I think it's fantastic. And then there was an article that came out that interviewed him after the first season and. Jason Sudeikis just kind of as a person, and uh, yeah. I've, I'm sure I retweeted it. If, you know, if you if you track it down, it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Just talking about how what was going on in his life at the time, and right. um, just kind of how it all worked out, how they decided to go after this. But um, but yeah, I tell you what, I, I was never a binge TV kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and then I got deployed, and you know, you you patrol, work out, sleep, eat, and just Ben shows because you know you're not going to the club. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, certainly not. Yeah, so uh, so my first show I ever binge watched was uh, West Wing. That's a good one. Yeah, because you can get a lot of you know pirated stuff over there pretty cheap. So I bought literally all of the West Wing. There you go. And I just started season one, and uh, so I I understand the the fascination with binge watching TV shows. I do. But binge watching TV shows that are still going is yeah. the most frustrating thing on the planet. You gotta keep like catching out. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I now mean, it's you know, like Mandalorian, all the new Disney Plus shows that have come out yeah. with you know Marvel. Um You almost just gotta sit and yeah. wait. My so my first two, you know, you mentioned West Wing. My first two shows I ever binged watched, uh both were on uh Netflix and I watched them back to back. Uh, at the time, I binge watched Mash for the first time, huh. and I had you know I had was aware of Mash, but I didn't really had never really watched the show before this. That's it was funny. always on reruns. That's funny. But I went and watched Mash, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great show. Yeah. Um, you know, it was you know good good comedy, but good deep cuts when it needed them. Uh, and then the second one, I it was after the final season came out, but I sat down and I watched Breaking Bad from front to back. I I did not binge I did not binge Breaking Bad. I did. Um, I tried binging it and I had to stop just because I was like, first of all, that's a lot to undertake. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I I'm I'm one of those weirds. I have not finished Breaking Bad, um, mm-hmm. but I mean I know how it ends because at this point there's no way to avoid knowing that. But yeah. um, but again, I, even you know that's the thing like spoiler alert spoiler alert stuff like. It is I mean, so if, if, hard to, nowadays because the internet. But if you tell me how it ends, that doesn't mean I. If I enjoy the show, yeah. like you know how it's set up, how it's written, and the actors in it, and their interactions, even if I know how it ends, I still want to see how they get there. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, and for those of you who haven't seen the show yet, you know the way the season one ends of Ted Lasso, where you know they're right there at the edge, you know, and it, it all comes down to every character that we've focused in on and all the little storylines and. You know, everything kind of comes to a head. 
It it's just, a, it's so good. It's it so well written. It. It's so well written. Um, but again, you know, if you're going to watch it, um, not advisable for kids. Yeah, no, I would it, say avoid it for the children. It kind of sounds like a smoke pit in Iraq. There's a lot of F-bombs flying around there. I mean, it's just, you know, and, you know, of course. Uh, so let me ask you this because I was actually curious, and I'm sure I know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. But who is your favorite character on the show? Oh, it's absolutely Roy Kent. Has to be, right? <laughs> He's, it's hilarious because uh, my wife and, and John, I, I put this on Twitter, they said a couple weeks back, they're like, you're Roy Kent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I got to thinking about it. Yo, I'm I'm generally a crabby person. Mm-hmm. Um, right, well, maybe not crabby. Um, deep cuttingly sarcastic, sure. but also very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there's a time and place for everything. So I also, you know, I know how to conduct myself in certain places, which he I'm, knows how to do. It's, it's ish, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely love Roy Kent. Um, he, he's mean, but he's straightforward. He's got a, got a good heart and and a good head on his shoulders. He does. And, so yeah, and, and like I said, he's gonna have some good additional character development, uh, especially. Thrilled that they circled back around. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. But yeah. just yeah, I would say probably one of my favorite characters, honestly, is um, you know, I mean, I won't say the other side of the coin, but the other side of that relationship, I love Keely. Holy, I think God. I think everybody loves Keely. I mean, Keely's fantastic. I mean, and I didn't know really what to think about her in the first episode, but whenever we actually got her. Um, you know, doing the commercial and then, you know, the kind of the rapport that she built with, with Rebecca and yeah. the rapport with and, Rebecca. And, and, and yeah. her, oh man. Oh, her, her relationship with Rebecca is one of my favorite things in the whole show. I tell you what I did not. So Rebecca is the shame girl. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. She's the shame uh, actress. She's not girl. Um, but so I, I didn't know much about her. And so I researched oh, like, so long time stage, stage great. actor. Oh, uh, she's yeah. Great. And a um, hell of a singer. Yes. A hell of a singer. And she's still kind of hot. I mean, not even still kind of hot. She is hot. She's yeah. 40, I mean, she's 40-something, and yeah, no, she can No, she's, no, she's in her 50s, I believe. Uh, like, yeah, I'm fairly certain she's not in her 40s. Oh, right. um, but, uh But, yeah, it's a great show. If, if you happen to get into it, I highly, highly recommend Ted Lasso. Oh, no doubt about it. It's like one of my, uh, uh, def- definitely great surprise um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. I was pleasantly surprised because a lot of time when shows come out and everybody loves it, I know for a fact I'm going to hate it. She's 47. 47. Okay. 47. But anyway. Well, older than me is ancient. I mean, so. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, I mean, it's got, I mean, if you want the comedy bits, you're going to get it. If you want, the, yes. if you want like some lighthearted stuff, you're golden. If you want some deep cuts, like some emotional things. And I will say like Ted's relationship with his family and his wife. It's brutal. I mean, it's brutal, but it's like it's grounded. So, it's, it's very real. It's Exactly. It's grounded in reality. It's not one of these like fake, oh, well, the relationship's falling apart because the wife's an asshole or, you know, or, yeah. or, or he's or he's the main problem. It all just boiled down to it's a relationship where there was a fire and unfortunately the fire went out. And it's crazy how that works. But, you know, it. it but it's still like, hey, we got to maintain you know, good relationship for the kid. And, you know, that I can understand having, you know, parents that I know that have dealt with that. It, it hits home for people. Yeah. No, there's, it's well-written. You know, some of the comedy reminds me of older Saturday Night Live when I actually used to still watch it. Well, lots of sketches. Well, and, that, you know, with Jason. Writing. Well, he was a writer. Yeah, he yeah. was a writer. And, you know, he was a Saturday Night Live writer. And, uh, so and I've seen a bunch of his um, interviews and stuff. Obviously, once Ted Lasso got to be popular, he, you know he hit the the talking circuit or interview circuit, whatever late night show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Absolutely. In fact, I am uh, I am absolutely going to buy myself a Roy Kent kit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> contemplating it. And 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 the and the deal is, especially you know, if if you're not even a big fan of soccer, um, football, uh, you're more. I would say still watch it strictly on the basis that soccer does take a back seat to the relationships and the coaching and the story of, you know, the relationships that are being built and just, you know, what a coach, what a good coach is supposed to be. Right. If you like sports shows and sports movies You'll and, enjoy it. and you appreciate stuff that has more to do with like the locker room and team dynamic than the actual game being played on the field. You it's know, this isn't like watching a show and every week there's a match and you watch the match. It's uh, it's, it's everything, really, but the matches. Okay. It, it's not going to be um, Sunderland till I die. If you've ever seen Sunderland till I die, uh, did you watch that? I doubt anyone's seen it. Have you never seen Sunderland? No, I've seen I it. No, I'm, say, say. I'm saying like, I, hey, you want to talk about brutal? Yeah. I mean, the Sunderland story is just very sad. If you've never gotten into that, and I'm sure, you know, we could talk about it later. But, um, but it's not like that. It's not going to be like, hey, you know, match focused and. All that fun stuff. No, it's it's about relationships. Yeah, you're you're not gonna get stuck having if if you don't like Premier League, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not gonna get stuck watching a lot of soccer. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. It's a great show. Definitely check it out. But yeah, we did have some uh, things that we wanted to kind of touch on and make sure that um, we were on our game, especially coming into this next week and just kind of getting back into the flow. So. Yeah, Premier League's going. We're happy about that. Football's right around the corner. Man. Next week we're, we'll we'll do our preview show, um, or at least our kind of preview outlook. Mm-hmm. Kind of more like an outlook show uh, is probably a better way to do it. Yeah, and we do have a special guest that we're going to bring on. Uh, likely not on this episode because it took a little long. Yeah, I think we but, ran a little bit longer, but it, it may be a standalone. And so uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and introduce her and just be looking for it. Please do. So uh, we are going to um, do a little interview. Might have to end up being on Zoom, but, uh, you know, we'll, whatever. We'll you know, figure I'll, it I'll, out. You're, yeah, you're listening. <laughs> She's a lot busier than we are. <laughs> but uh, so we're going to be interviewing uh, Courtney Gruner, who was one of the volunteers and coordinators for the original Red, White, and Blue Out. Right. Um, and Courtney is a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. Um, along with uh, with her husband, Gus, um, sure. the, the Gruners. Uh, they're both ags. Uh, she works with the MID program right now, like Masters in Industrial Distribution. Right. Uh, but uh, And so, obviously, her, you know, her schedule is just packed. Um, so, but we, we're going to get her on, and we're going to talk uh, – uh, we're going to talk about the red, white, and blue out. And obviously, you know, with that coming back this year, we wanted to bring her on and kind of talk about that a little bit. Really, I, I just want to pick her brain about how it all came about and the coordination of the original. Because, I mean, how many days did they have? It was a very it, short turnaround. It, it got done quickly. Yes. Um, and then uh, also talk about her love for Aggie baseball. Hey, and that's always something um, that we appreciate on and this so, podcast. <laughs> but, uh, in fact, you know, we'll definitely we'll definitely put it on a separate one. Uh, and we may try and kick this one out quick, even before the interview. And if we do, um, and we'll put something on our Twitter too. If you've got any questions for her, um, yes. uh, please, uh, you know, give us some questions. If you got anything you would like us to ask one of the original red, white, and blue out coordinators, um, please, you know, drop it. You know, drop the question. Let us know. Yeah. Because um, we'll talk to her for however long the conversation goes. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that could be a short podcast, could be a long one, but we will definitely make it a point to make that call. Um, and like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, the red, white, and blue out was one of the 
cooler things that's ever happened on this campus. Yes. And I mean, and it was for a great cause. Well, and she's a hoot. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, if we can find the time, what we ought to do is come in here with a 30 rack and natty light and just start telling stories with her. Cause yeah. she is hilarious. Well, I mean, and honestly, I think we'll be able to do that. I mean, like I said, we've got multiple microphones, so I'm sure we can make it work. Well, us. and, and she absolutely is red ass. So she fits, she fits it to a T. Well, that's perfect. So, yeah, all good stuff. Um, so, guys, uh, we do really appreciate y'all hopping in on this. Um, uh, if you are traveling around at this point and getting ready to, you know, get your kids down here, or if you're a student here listening, yes, I know it's Howdy Week. It's fun times. Just be careful be out on the roads. Yeah, be safe. Uh, there, I know a lot of people are partying. I was, I was at karaoke bar last night over at O'Bannon's, and oh, well, not O'Bannon's, uh, over at the Tap, the and tap. it was absolutely nuts. Um, so definitely be careful with that. Uh, any updates for you? Uh, no, not currently, but uh, we are going to get um, apparel kicked back out uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Nice. So um, we're going to set up a, a just an online store, like Teespring or something like that. Uh, yeah, um, we'll we'll drop a link. So we're gonna we're gonna bring the shorts back because it's still a million degrees, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we'll bring a couple shirts back. Uh, nothing crazy, but. Um, but so we'll uh, we'll do that, and I think what we may do, I'm either gonna host it or I may just um, I may just buy it, and, and y'all can just message us and and, and send us. You know, I, I may just go ahead and and have stuff printed so we don't have to wait on orders to fill and stuff like that. So be on the lookout uh, for a couple t-shirts, um, uh, maybe, my, some, maybe some stickers. Yeah, some stickers and some uh, and the running shorts. Yeah. So um, we'll have some fun with that. Yes. Yeah. We'll absolutely have some fun. We might drop uh, maybe a, a, a couple, couple new new t shirts, um, yeah. depending on kind of what we come up with. But cool. totally going to redo the merch store. Um, for me, I just I spent the entire weekend outside working. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, but a project that was you know I needed to be done and it worked out well because with the tropical storm. About to barrel through the Gulf. Yeah. I now have a cover, a physical structure over my boat. So that's, that's a good plan. It's almost like it's supposed to be wet. Um, <laughs> uh, so not the top of it. <laughs> not the top of it. Uh, so uh, for me coming up, uh, we're playing the Blue Light Live in Lubbock this weekend. Um, just as a quick update for some of you guys, uh, we will be in Justin and Waco the weekend of the 10th and the 11th, which I know is game weekend. So uh, y'all figure that one out. But Here's the deal. Here is the absolute kicker. We're going to be playing two shows in the Brazos Valley on the 17th and the 18th, which is UNM weekend. Uh, we're going to be playing over at uh, the Washington County Fair. What weekend is that? Hmm? What weekend did you say that uh, is? The 17th and the 18th, so okay. it's Friday, Saturday. Okay. Uh, Friday night, the 17th, we're going to be playing at the Washington County Fair. That will be with Giovanni and the Hired Guns and Jason Boland and the Stranglers. Mm. Old classic at the Washington County Fair. Then... Here's my favorite one. We're going to turn around and headline the tap here in College Station on the 18th. Oh, there you go. And what's cool about that one, what's well, game day, but the game is at 11 o'clock in the morning, people. You're going to have a chance to go watch the game, get out, grab food. Have a nap. Out, drink, nap if you feel like it. And then come join us at the tap for a party because you know we'll have some friends out there. We'll have an opener. Uh, don't know who it is yet, but it's going to be us there. Uh, we are anticipating a sellout for that just based on everything we've been told so far. So if you want to come, make sure you either get your tickets in advance, be there early to get them at the door. I think doors are at 8 uh, for the tickets. So y'all just let let us know if you have any questions. You want to come hang out? You want to buy me a shot? Please buy me a shot. Uh, we'll have a good time. So. And what? Just go to your Twitter and you've got everything linked, right? Everything's linked. Just okay. feel free to holler at me. We'll make it work. But, your um, Twitter handle is? Uh, my Twitter handle is Rob the Slapper on Twitter. <laughs> It'll never get old. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not going to get old. 
So outside of that, look, I, I hope everybody is doing well. I hope. Uh, What's your Twitter handle? Oh, I don't have any cool information on mine. I mean, it's Roy May 15, but whatever. This is an old man yelling at clouds normally. Um, and, and a lot of West Ham stuff. So if you don't, you know, it's, it, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I hope everybody's safe. Everybody coming back. Students are safe. Um, I hope the new freshmen are already enjoying their experience. Yeah. I saw Ross Bjork tweet out uh, the little short little clip of the Aggie band practicing this morning. Oh, that's so, so good it feeling. is. Uh, <laughs> I, I I believe that means that shit's about to get real. It, it's. I mean, that's kind of the first real indication. When the Aggie band are not only out practicing, but they are marching and running formations and looking good and looking good. Because you know that you know the band shows up a week before the core because they get that extra week of practice. Oh yeah. So when you're at this point, oh, and they're all, they got their first drill already in. I'm and, sure. And not to mention uh, the little practice field they have now. Great. I understand the old field and you know what it represented was great, but the new practice field is bad. It's so bad. Well, I, I mean the whole new music center. It's it's awesome over there. Yeah, so so proud of them for that. Um, I I still need to make my way over there. I mean, you know, the singing cadets, which I was a part of when I was in college, uh, they are over in that space as well. It's and huge. It's, it, it's a I beautiful building. I haven't had a chance to go, so you, you need know, to, I'm, you need to go. I'm gonna make it a point now. Um, yeah, so I was. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely make that happen. But folks, we appreciate y'all listening in. We know um, we we know you have plenty of podcasts that you can listen to. We appreciate you listening to ours. Uh, make sure you do follow us on our socials. Once again, that's Rob the Slapper on Twitter, Roy May fifteen on Twitter, us at the Red Ass Podcast. You guys take care, be safe, beat the hell out of the last week before school. Yes, and uh, you'll never walk. Away. Yeah, come on, you irons, gig them, gig them. <laughs>